In the spirit and celebration of the Beijing Summer Olympics, ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals, is happy to present this month's special series, Focus on Sports Medicine. You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Why do some athletes consistently seem to perform under pressure? Think Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, Lance Armstrong. Is there science to support their seemingly superhuman ability to get into the zone? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, author of You Can Think Like a Psychiatrist, your host, and with me today is Dr. Michael Larden. Dr. Larden provides psychopharmacological consultation and performance enhancement for Olympic athletes and a variety of other professional athletes, including PGA Tour professionals. He is also an associate professor at UC San Diego. Welcome to ReachMD. Hi, Leslie. It's really a pleasure to be here. Well, it's great having you here. You've got such a unique background. Why don't you tell us about how you became a peak performance expert? Well, it really happened quite organically. When I was a kid, I grew up playing a lot of sports. And in 1972, Nixon came to, we had the table tennis diplomacy where Nixon went to China and they reciprocated with the table tennis team at Madison Square Garden. I got involved in table tennis, and then in 1976, I was in the finals of the United States Junior Championships, and I sort of had a zone event myself where in that match, at least for the first two games, because I ended up losing the match, the ball in table tennis, which normally goes 100-plus miles an hour, it seemed to slow down, and I had tremendous control over my game, and that really spurned on a tremendous ambition to understand what was going on. Later that year, I was sent to Japan to train with the world champion, and we were at a training camp with a lot of martial artists, and I became fascinated with how the martial artists prepared for each event. So that sort of set the seed, and when my career ended, when I was 20 years old, I played professionally in Europe and Asia. I came to school back in the States, and lo and behold, in organic chemistry, my Next-door neighbor was Eric Hyden, and he had just won five gold medals in the Olympics. And, and then I sort of thought, well, there's some synchronicity here. And from that point on, really began my academic career in terms of trying to research peak performance and understand what was involved. So you went on to study psychopharmacology as well, right? Well, yeah. In, in my undergraduate training, I did a lot of work in kind of peak performance issues. And then after that, you know, I went to medical school where there wasn't much time for that. And and in my residency, again, not a lot, a whole lot of time, but in my fellowship, I did a fellowship that was both psychopharmacology and psychobiology. And my research was in peak performance. And we set up a study to really look at this phenomena and try to understand it better, see if it was in fact real. So is there really such a thing as a zone? Well, I mean, that's a fantastic question, and that's the first question that we asked. And we, of course, hypothesized there was. I remember back in that era, ESPN did a great clip that had Michael Jordan talking about the zone and Magic Johnson and Pele. And so first I was interested in observational data, anecdotal data, And then I got together with John Polich, who is a scientist at Scripps Research Institute and an expert in ERPs, event-related potentials, which measure how your brain processes stimuli. And the hypothesis was, 
let's say baseball, for example, Tony Gwynn, when he's up to bat and that ball's coming 100 miles an hour, it might seem lightning fast to you and I, but the great hitters can report even seeing the seams on the ball, almost as if they're, they're processing the stimuli in finer increments. And we thought that ERPs, event-related potentials, would be a great way to, to look at this phenomenon of athletes reporting things coming in, in slow motion, and maybe somehow their brain is, is running at a higher RPM. So that was really hypothesis one. And then we thought there were a lot of similarities between being in the zone and hypnotic and dissociative states. And so we took time to look at some of the research in that area that helped generate how we were going to design the study. And what did you find? Well, a very interesting study by Dr. Spiegel at Stanford showed that you could take an individual who was highly hypnotizable, and if you gave him a suggestion that there was, let's say, a screen blocking a light, and you flashed this light at him, and when you measured his brainwave, his ERP, which, which is a little like an EKG. In an EKG, you know, we have a P wave and a QRS complex, but in an ERP, there's similar characteristic waves that people have in their brain when they process stimuli. And Dr. Spiegel's study showed that with a hypnotic suggestion that we could either decrease how you process the stimuli, and he showed that there was a decrease in what's called P300 amplitude, and P300 is a positive potential that's seen at 300 milliseconds. So you'd hypnotize somebody, they'd have a screen in front of them, you'd shoot the light, and sure enough, the P300 was smaller. Conversely, if you gave a hypnotic suggestion that they were looking through a magnifying glass and they shot the exact same light, the P300 was enhanced, the amplitude was greater. So that was the first bit of evidence that showed your state of consciousness really affected the way that you processed stimuli. And that set us about in our study. And what came from that? Well, we set the study up with three groups. We had an experimental group, which we had nine athletes, and those athletes were among the very best in the world. They were Olympic gold medalists or world champions. Then we had two control groups. One group was highly trained folks, basically from the triathlete community here in San Diego. And then we had a control group that was probably a little like us, Leslie, you know, hitting the stair climber once, once in a blue moon. And what we did is we did a variety of ERP studies. They're called oddball tasks, kind of a fancy video game where we asked them to track a target stimulus and we gave them distractor stimuli. And we watched how their brain processed this. And in the early results, it was very impressive where the elite athletes clearly were having an enhancement in their P300, where we didn't see in the other two groups. And as we continued the study, we found that the experimental group, which is the elite athletes, and the control group of the highly trained individuals in great cardiovascular conditioning, those two groups merged together. And we had two significant findings that we published in two journals. And the findings showed that, in fact, there was an enhancement of that P300, really suggesting that when they were processing the stimuli, that they were processing it better, if you will. They were more attentive. And then we also were able to show that there was a decrease in the EEG delta band, and that correlates with greater cortical perfusion or better blood flow. And we published those two papers in, in 1996. If you're just joining our discussion, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. 
I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Michael Larden, author of Finding Your Zone, 10 Core Lessons for Achieving Peak Performance in Sports and Life. Now, Dr. Larden, is there any hope for those of us in the third group, the uh, couch potatoes with occasional Stairmaster? <laughs> there is some hope. I mean, I think that the overarching principle is that if you're in better physical fitness, your brain works better. And our studies looking at EEG and ERPs really show that the brain performance is better in terms of processing stimuli that come at us at a very fast pace when we're in better physical condition. So I think that really means we need to get to the gym and work out. And it sort of makes common sense, but this is some real objective data that substantiates that. I wonder if, say, musicians who also talk about kind of getting in the zone when they're playing, would they have the same characteristics? Well, that's a very interesting question. And one of the things that we hypothesized was the zone is, is one, not something special just to elite athletes because our control groups reported being in the zone in life not as frequently and not always in sports. And even the elite athletes, for example, Scott Tinley is somebody who we studied and he won the Ironman, I think, four or five times. And he would talk about playing guitar and being in the zone. And then most recently, there's some data to suggest that there's a gamma band that's seen and it has to do with cognitive coherence and that's seen when musicians are composing great pieces and we hypothesize that this is maybe also operative when people are experiencing peak performance mo- moments and this would be another exciting place to investigate. Mm-hmm. Are there shared characteristics of people, whether it's athletes or musicians, whomever, that do get into the zone? Well, yeah. I mean, that's really what the book Finding Your Zone is about and you know, I started off, it's kind of, I've come full circle, started off as a kid having a personal experience, and then we did all this science through the years, and now I work with the Olympic athletes and travel with the PGA, and the question is, what are the, what can we really teach people? We can't go in there and tinker with your neurophysiology very easily, but there are a variety of characteristics or traits that you see with elite athletes And those are the ones that we discuss in the book. You know, as you're talking, especially about the hypnotizing research, the the suggestibility, that leads me to think as well about superstition. And it seems like so many athletes in particular, but musicians as well, have these rituals and superstitions that they think help them prepare their game. Are those two connected in any way? Well, if they think it helps them, it it probably helps them. And that, of course, as physicians, we all know the power of the placebo effect. But I do think that there's something to the ritualistic behavior of elite athletes and other performers. It's more about inducing a self-hypnotic state or a trance state. And we all have the ability to go into trance. I mean, most of us do every day when we drive to work. We call that highway hypnosis. And we might be on the cell phone and make a variety of different turns. And then when we end up at work... We don't even recognize or remember, you know, what we did at a certain intersection, but we did do it. We did process two completely separate realities. That's highway hypnosis. And I do think being in the zone or peak performance is a form of a a trance or a dissociative state. And I think the ritualistic behaviors are really a form of self-induction by 
by performers. So short of uh, reading your book, Finding the Zone, going to the gym and improving our stamina, any other suggestions for those of us who'd like to see the zone? Well, yeah. I mean, I think in general, the idea is to quiet our mind and in whatever way we can meditate, everything from formal meditation, you know, Zen Buddhist type meditation, to informal meditation, whether that's working out or taking a walk or watching a beautiful sunset. But I certainly think that with a more quiet mind, we're able to perform better. Thank you so much for being on our show today. It is my pleasure. Thank you very much, Dr. Lund. We've been discussing the science behind the zone with psychiatrist Dr. Michael Larden. I'm Dr. Leslie Lund. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments, so please visit us at ReachMD.com. Our new on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library. Thank you for listening. You have been listening to Focus on Sports Medicine, part of this month's special series on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals.